Ladies and gentlemen, you're live from Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet on Strathclyde! What's happening everybody and welcome to this, another episode of Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. We're coming to you on this lovely day here in Glasgow. It's coming up to this year's UK Championship Tournament and we thought this would be a good time to talk about last year's UK Championship Tournament. Seamless, as always. <laughs> <laughs> I'm your host Stephen Wilson and I am joined by a panel who know a lot about UK wrestling so you can guess Dave is not here. <laughs> First, to my right directly, he's been known as a chump, but he's not well, hes not even the champ, I can't even do that anymore. It's Ross McLeod. Don't do it at all. Stop recycling patter. That's a Dave thing. Stop it. <laughs> Stop eating my sweets and all as you insult me. <laughs> Broke cola cubes and Starbucks. Uh, Haribo for everybody. Ross, how was things? It was smash until you spoke to me. <laughs> I'm oh, smashing. Nice geez. to be here. <laughs> Good, good. And next to Ross, it's his sibling who's been described as the better half of the Gun Brothers, <laughs> and just the better half of the brothers in general. It's Scott McLeod. You're damn right. <laughs> <laughs> Scott, how's it going? Fine, I feel like I'm melting in this room, to be honest with you. It is cooler than the other room, I think it's fair to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you weren't there for the history of British wrestling, man. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't there, man. You weren't there. <laughs> yeah, it's good to have you back on, Scott. Thank you. And across from him is the person heralded for the success of last week's all-women show. Historic! <laughs> <laughs> Don't break the building, man. <laughs> it is our number one interviewer. It's Sarah Green. I'm going to throw this color cube at him. Just hold on a minute. <laughs> Hi, everybody. How's it going? Going to go out until Ross ruined it. I thought we passed this. No, we were, but I was past it, and then everybody kept going, historic, 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 historic. Bottom my part so it had to be done. The OG. We booked it last week because it was the women's show. It's passed. Move on. Yes, but we're talking about a historic first ever UK champion. Coming up next on the Jeremy <laughs> Cow Show. <laughs> and still look, doing a lost and found that he's missing sliders. It's <laughs> <laughs> been three weeks and we don't have any dicks. What's going on? Quacku? How's it going? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not bad for yourself. Wait, I missed yeah. this story, what happened? Well, we've not been in the studio for three weeks. Quacky always has the, the sliders. Oh, right. I've, I've got my sliders here. So, let me, let me turn Stephen up and turn Ross down. <laughs> Negative stuff. <laughs> Negative sin. <laughs> yes, there's a picture to prove it. Yeah, uh, yeah guys, how's it going? Ashton,ashton,ashton,ashton,ashton,ashton,ashton,ashton,ashton,ashton,ashton,ashton,ashton,ashton,ashton,ashton,ashton,ashton,ashton,ashton,ashton,ashton,ashton,ashton,ashton
for us watching yourself listening to us. <laughs> Stevie would like photos of you. If you'd like to call the police, the number's 999. <laughs> You're going to take a picture of yourself watching Dewey. Make sure you do it from the appropriate Dewey angle at the most awkward angle that no one would ever watch a Dewey show ever at. <laughs> take a picture of yourself at a site at about 45 degrees. Steven, stop, stop, stop. Slide them into his DMs. <laughs> that was your problem. Gimmick infringement. <laughs> Jamie's not here, you can't call gimmick infringement. Yeah, so let's start off with the action. Not talking about the actual matches to start with, let's talk about the actual conception of the tournament. Now, back in December 2016, we got the shock when WWE said they're making an announcement about the UK. And it's not that we're doing a live show in front of, like, you know, a very small crowd in the SECC. <laughs> now, it turned out that they were announcing that they were bringing, they were doing a championship tournament. Uh, Ross, looking back on that, what, what, what did this mean with WWE announcing? this tournament back then. Well I just remember the, when it first got leaked we were doing a press conference it was The Sun and all the other mainstream news sites going we're getting Wrestlemania! UK's getting the UK's never getting Wrestlemania. Let's, let's just accept we're, we're barely getting a pay-per-view. Never say never. No, no, say never. Seriously, <laughs> say never. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it was it was quite a big deal. You know, like WWE has been accused of being in a bubble and you know, if it didn't happen the WWE doesn't count. These were guys that are coming in have been on WWE and NXT TV since and have kept their, you know, their indie names. These were guys for the UK scene, it wasn't just like, oh it's the British Bull, like, obviously it'd be hard to get him for the tournament. Man, that'd be amazing. But you know, it, it wasn't just big names that had made it big in America, it was guys who were in the UK scene, who were in like, oh they were in WWE approved ones, so it's not exactly a milestone. It was still big stars in the UK division, it did mean a lot. Yeah, definitely. I mean, um... We talk about um, names, uh, Sarah. Yeah, so, some of the names, when you've seen them at that press conference, they stood out like a sore thumb, some of them. Particularly Trent Seven, with the chest puffed out. Like, <laughs> I'm at the front of the photo, <laughs> next to Triple H. <laughs> uh, yeah, so there was definitely a mix of recognisable names and some not so recognisable names. I hadn't heard of half of these when they actually started. Like, I will actually be honest, I wasn't huge on the UK wrestling scene when this was actually introduced. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'd heard of, obviously, you've heard of obviously Tyler Bate, Pete Dunne, Wolfie, like the sort of bigger names in the UK, but see when it comes to people like H.C. Dyer, Who's H.C. Dyer? What has H.C. Dyer done since this tournament? He was Dyer. Well, has he done since this tournament? I don't think I've seen him. But yeah, so, yeah, you get names like that. And I'm just like, who's that? And why is he good enough for the WWE? Yeah, it was kind of like, obviously when you think of tournaments, you, you think of the cream of the crop, uh, Kwaku, and a lot of these guys were kind of like, they're barely even in the crop, let alone the cream of it. <laughs> I, I like how you say cream of the crop, that you come straight to me, like, <laughs> that, that does not Number go. Number one producer in Scottish podcasting. <laughs> I'll, I'll take that. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah, do you agree with Sarah saying, obviously you Yeah, like, um, so, some of the, I mean, obviously I know some of them from my experience with ICW and stuff like that, and seeing like murmurings from like Progress and stuff like that. But um, you know, obviously like the the whole thing about a tournament, you can't obviously have all big big names all put in one. You got to have people that to develop their brand, to develop their name, and a lot of them have gone on to greater, bigger things within WWE and within independent wrestling since then. Yeah, I mean, uh, Ross before the show brought the great point of the Cruiserweight Classic as an example. You I mean, you got kind of names in there who, you know, didn't, you hadn't heard of, they were out in the first round. You look at the likes of Staff Ali, out in the first round of that tournament, 
obviously was the at WrestleMania. I would say headline WrestleMania, but in terms of the cruiserweight division, he did headline yeah. WrestleMania. Headline the pre-show. Because every match is a main event at WrestleMania. <laughs> no, it was. There are some people in there. You you just look at them and go. You've been wrestling for a year. You are basically cannon fodder for the bigger guys in this. It was. WWE's got a massive reach, and the UK scene they're working with, they're better people in there. Like, Wolfgang is the, like, I know Trent Seven fought for the world title that previous year's Fear and Loathing, but Wolfgang was the only sole, the proper ICW loyalist there. Hmm. There should have been other ICW guys in there instead of, you know, like, HC Dyer, like, Saxton Huxley, Jesus, even Sam Gradwell who won his first round match. Like, there's better out there, like, I do think if you were going to be serious about building a division to rival World of Sport, which you know didn't get very far, you should have went out there and got the best talent because not everybody can win every week, but like I always say, no one's ever truly buried. It's wrestling for the simple fact that you can turn it around in an instant with the right booking. Yeah, totally. I mean, and you mentioned obviously Wolfie, the main guy from ICW, Scott, um, Progress ICW and Over the Top Wrestling were quite heavily involved in this tournament. It wasn't a case of these guys have just been signed to WWE. We saw plenty of progress guys in the crowd, ICW guys, Mark Dallas, etc. in the crowd. It was interesting to have such a level of involvement from these companies. Yeah, like Ross said, it seems to be a WWE approved companies. So I mean, there was a kind of a thing where guys like Connors and Seven had started working for a certain other company that involved for my YouTube channel. Was, and was, like, was, was Connors not the champion? Yeah, he, he, that point he just lost the title to Drew. Mm-hmm. And there was a thing where that wasn't one of the companies that they were able to work for. So, and there was a big thing where you said there wasn't going to be restrictions on where you can work. Then suddenly, oh, we don't want them working for these people. Mm-hmm. So in terms of it's been a thing, kind of reaction to all the sport. Uh, Fame places have ever actually watched the World of Sport, especially they didn't need to be worried. <laughs> I mean, you only want proof that JR can't, can't always make things better. Watch that World of Sport special. <laughs> World of Sport special was okay for what it was. It was nostalgic around the beginning yeah. of Christmas, you know. And they had a ladder match, they had uh, the whole thing of getting great old champion and stuff like that. It was, yeah, it's I'm, a good story. I'm not a fan of that ladder match, you can probably guess why. Essentially, <laughs> <laughs> it was essentially a money in the bank landmarks, but they had to always scour around as much as possible to not see money in the bank. No. It, was, it was just the sight of Kenny Williams and it was fucking pink. <laughs> the cash in the jar ladder match! Those dosh in the tin ladder match! <laughs> but you, you mentioned Wolfie. Um, I'd been got the ICW shows for a while that one, and I know Wolfie was the champion at that point, but I was quite surprised that Wolfie was the guy from ICW that would pick. We talked to the guy in the past, you've got the likes of um, Coffee Brothers at that time, you've got BT Gun. Were anybody else surprised that Wolfie was the guy they went for? I know the Coffee Brothers were signed to World of Sport at that time. That time, that's, yeah. that was yeah. another thing, like, at that time, quite a, uh, like, obviously your Dave Masters, your Dave Masters, like this word of one of Dave Masters. Um, Have you seen the size of the counters? <laughs> Dave Masters, Kenny, uh, the Coffee Brothers were signed to World of Sport at the time, so... Well, I you, find it quite weird that a lot of the guys on this year's tournament were on that World of Sport team. There you go. It kind of it shows if there was if there wasn't that World of Sport contract, which is a shame for the wrestlers at the time that didn't work it fully because I understand that they lost out on a lot of commitments and us as fans lost out on a lot of things that we could have seen from them in that platform. Um, it's it, it's kind of telling now that 
what what world of sport wasn't around at that time, which is a weird thing to be saying. Would the brackets would have been different? Who knows? Because certainly the fact that they've essentially got everyone from world of sport, apart from Mark, who's not teaming with Joe, for, because it's obviously not a tag team. Yeah. But who knows, Mark may be in next year. Certainly hope so. Mm. Maybe that could have made a difference. Something I will say, and I know Stacey Smith is going to be watching this with a grin ear to ear. Watching Chip Cameron? Listen, AJ Styles is John Cena. Let's not pull other people up with mistakes. <laughs> no, but Stacey Smith will be listening to this with a grin ear to ear. Jackie Polo was a deal. Why did they not go out and get Jackie Polo? Yeah. Li- li- I keep bringing up Lionheart and these things. Lionheart was like, when Scottish wrestling was on the way back, he was like positioned as a megastar. He was the guy that got the tryout with TNA. He was the guy that headlined uh, the SECC against Jeff Jarrett uh, for TNA when he came to Glasgow. Why'd you get him? Well, you look as well. You look at what happens a couple of months later, and there's a, a Mr. Drew Galloway as well, mm-hmm. signed with WWE in NXT literally two months later. Some, sorry, something else I will say. The Cruiserweight Classic had just finished, and Zack Sabre Jr. hadn't gone to Japan yet. How, if you knew, you knew. They said this was a year's worth of work. The Cruiserweight Classic finished in around about September time. Zack Sabre Jr. was in the semi-finals. Why did you not say to Zack Sabre Jr., we're doing a live UK tournament? You might not want to be in the Cruiserweight division, but if you sign with us, that UK title is yours. Interesting. Scott, did you have to fight that? Yeah, well, I was trying to say, looking at the brackets, and uh, it's quite weird to see England so heavily represented, whereas the rest of the UK only has like one representative each, so you couldn't have got rid of like a Saxon Huxley or a that really hindered the tournament anymore to get a few more Welsh or like even bring it for Scotland, bring Noam Dar in. Even he just goes in the first round, it's at least one more name because poor Northern Ireland lost their only representative in the first round. Yeah, they did. Poor Tucker. Mm-hmm. But he has a he has a chance of redemption mm-hmm. this year. He's not lying. <laughs> well he's facing Joe he's facing Joe Coffey in the first round. Uh, yeah, he's no chance. He's got no chance. He's got no chance. Uh, yeah, see, did you get anything else you would add about the, the guys who were there? Well, see, I do actually, see, when I actually first saw these brackets, I do agree that England wasn't really heavily represented, but obviously England is a huge country, mm-hmm. so, so you kind of have to do it. But considering, obviously, you had Tucker from Northern Ireland, you had Jordan Devlin from the Republic of Ireland, you had Will Fay from Scotland and Mark Andrews from Wales, and the rest of them were from England. Not- um, and obviously, you get people like obviously Hastie there, Saxon Huxley, Dan Maloney as well. Ah, uh, Dan Maloney. Hadn't seen much of Dan Maloney, although I did actually enjoy his match, and we'll give him his shoes. Mm-hmm. So obviously, it was against Mark Andrews. Mm-hmm. I think Dan Maloney got a contract after that. Yeah, because he get. He was one of the guys signed a contract. He was on the UK. But they very quiet about it. <laughs> <laughs> he was on yeah. the UK special they did before TakeOver Chicago. That's oh, what he was. And he was teaming with you know, Rich Swan against Kendrick and. Gallagher, maybe, um, maybe. <laughs> doesn't matter anyway, but I, he was really over the crowd and maybe that's what WWE signed, I don't think anybody had the heart to tell WWE, they were in Norwich which was Alan Partridge's set and there was a character that's called Dan, so they just sat in an Alan Partridge voice for his match going, Dan, 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 Dan. <laughs> there you go, Alan Partridge got Dan Maloney a WWE contract. But, uh, you're talking about wheels, the only you're going to put one representative for Wales and who else other than Mark Andrews. Like, the only other person could have been who's in this tournament, this year's tournament, uh, Flash Morgan Webster. I love As he said, like, he was injured and didn't get cleared until like a month after the yeah. tournament. Yeah. Just, just so unfortunate for him. 
I mean, uh, Andrews was a late addition to the bracket mm -hmm. because of his release from TNA. I think it was literally released from TNA one day, next day, that was a UK tournament. Something I will say, see going forward, although England is the bigger of the, the five countries represented, I think to keep it even, it should be at least two for each country. So that gets you ten wrestlers, and then if you want to fill the rest up with six English guys, fine, fair enough. But it at least means Scotland is two, Ireland is two, Northern Ireland is two, Wales are two. Nearly called them Welshland. <laughs> well, at least we need a couple better English guys than Buddy Huxley or Maloney. <laughs> yeah, well, obviously, let's, let's kind of start looking at the bracket a wee bit. To, we'll, we'll go through some of the matchup. I've, I've, I've picked out a few ones in particular, and if anybody you want to talk about uh, many other ones, you can feel free to chip in there. Uh, the first one I've kind of I've highlighted, uh, I went with the, the Pete Dunn Roy Johnson match, was one of the first round matches. Uh, Don't you mean Peter Dunn? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Roy Johnson, who's um, he has appeared on, very, he's, he's quite a, he's a regular in progress. He was a regular in progress before this. Did it kind of come about more of a, an exhibition for Pete Dunne to kind of show him off as the favourite? I think these first round matches were exhibitions mm -hmm. for the guy. There was obvious winners in every like maybe not Sam Garbosak Knox because I didn't really know them, but you like. Joseph Connell's champion in the UKC, Pete Dunne, Progress champion at the time, Mark Andrews, known in the US, Wolfgang ICW champion, Trent Seven, the most experienced, he was favourite going into the tournament, Jordan Devlin was the, the lone Republic Ireland guy, and then you had Tyler Bate who was getting a massive following in Progress at the time. Mm -hmm. Every single match in the first round, bar the last one, was an obvious winner, it was an exhibition. Well, you kind of talk about that, you kind of say it was more of an exhibition, but the example I'd probably kind of go with is the Wolfgang-Tyson uh, T-Bone match. Uh, Tyson T-Bone got quite a lot of uh, coverage right before the match. He had the interview backstage with Charlie Caruso. Uh, Michael Cole was very vocal, saying he thought Wolfgang was going to lose his first round match. Sarah Quacky, you are obviously the loyal ICW fans here. They did, did, were you surprised that Wolfie went through, or are you quite confident when you're looking at his match? I was quite confident, actually. I will say, see the way... Like you said, Michael Cole was convinced that he was going to lose. It was, I think it's the fact that I find it more amusing that he was actually so surprised that Wolfie is kind of a high flyer as well. Mm -hmm. So have you actually done your homework on him? Have you not seen the howling? <laughs> well, he did go on about that he was a COG champion in the past. Yeah. He referenced that it was a lot of high flyer. I'll, I'll, yeah, he did I'll, reference I'll, that as the cruiserweight division. I love, how he, I love how he referenced two past examples of zero G champions, Noam Dar. And Andy yeah. Wilde! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not Finn yeah, Balor, who's one of your former Universal Champion. Who's at the front row. Who's <laughs> there. Also, don't miss the fact he was currently the ICW Champion at that time. Mention he's past the comp, not his current I think Andy Wilde was sitting in his house watching this going, what? Don't worry, every person in America would go, who? <laughs> uh, but um, the Howling wasn't really mentioned as a move. Michael Cole really brushed up on his research between the two Michael nights because the Howling is mentioned. on this. <laughs> he is really good. Sorry, just stop quickly about the commentary. <laughs> I like Corey Graves, but this is something he does not do well. If someone makes a mistake, like if we are, if we make mistakes in the podcast with each other, we laugh each other. We're having a laugh each other. Whereas Corey Graves laughed, ah, made a mistake, can't believe you thought that. Whereas on this tournament, it was a case of Michael would make a point and Nigel would go, that's a good point, Michael, to that point. Or he would go, actually, I disagree with that point because, and later. And then Michael Cole would do the same. It wasn't a bickering, it wasn't plugging stuff, it was just simply. These guys are great. This is why this guy's good. This is why that guy's good. Mm -hmm. Kind of like the resident expert kind of thing. Yeah. That's the kind of role Nigel took. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, but uh, Wolfie was it? Was it Wolfie put on a quite a good show. I think I thought he was really solid in this match. I don't like how he's portrayed as the underdog in his first two matches. Mm-hmm. Like, see, see, on the note on the commentary, there was one line I did love was when Michael Cole was explaining how they got Blue Peter patches oh, and they were explaining what it means. Yeah, they were so special to get them. <laughs> I heard one when I was 10. It's like, Rachel no, McGinnis said, it's like you're a five year old and you get a Super Bowl ring. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> you got your Blue Peter patch. What you gonna do now? I'm going to Disneyland. <laughs> oh, no, I'm just thinking about Michael Cole. I can't believe you never opened a show. Stevie with greetings grapple fans <laughs> I was actually going to say that when you introduced me and I forgot oh, it was just like you're sitting there watching your Michael Cole's coming goes I go Michael? <laughs> what is going on? Uh, but you talk uh, and going to another interesting match be, oh, I thought this would be a great match on paper looking back on it now you've got the Joseph Connors and James Drake mm. now we, we, we slag Sam Gradwell a wee bit so we don't know who Sam Gradwell is but when they said Gradwell's from Blackpool you're like he's winning However, later in the night they also mentioned James Drake's from Blackpool. <laughs> if you had to pick a homeboy to win a match, would you rather win with Drake instead of Grant? Uh, oh, yes, yes. Well, yes. Probably Cole was only one. Cole was only one Blackpool person per match. Yeah, but if you had to pick one of them to go into the quarterfinals, well, look at how the night ended, mm-hmm. uh, which we'll talk about a bit later in the second one, it, it kind of makes sense why they would have went with Gradwell over Drake. I think Gradwell's just another easy win for Dante fans in the tournament because he was a favourite. That, that's something else as well. It was in England, so progress was more familiar to a lot of these people. Pete Dunne was the progress world champion at the time. They, this is this is the age where heels get cheered and faces get booed. Pete Dunne was the world champion at the time, and they tried to build Sam Gradwell, who was largely unknown. He wasn't in progress, he was in smaller indies in the UK scene. They were trying to build him up as a hometown hero to overcome Pete Dunne, and then they just did not care. They like they they done well in the. Like what we'll talk about before Greg about Pete Dunn's attack. But they done well to try build it and uh, and thought there we go, that's a lot. <laughs> but it just did not the execution was not good enough. No, definitely. Connor like I don't that other company was from the YouTube channel. But uh, <laughs> Connors was really good as a heel champion and he did a lot of good work for them. And then he comes into this and it's just like, look at his ear, isn't that weird? <laughs> Yeah. Heavily very focused on his ear actually, that, yeah. that, that yeah. bite you had, yeah. you're going to lose it. That, that's something as well that annoys me with this year's bracket, so it's like, uh, like Travis Banks, Progress Champion, Joe Coffey, three-time ICW Champion, Kenny Williams, ICW Zero G Champion, Just, uh, Joseph Connors, go half in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> He's been a world champion in other places. He, had a, he was off the back of a really hot feud Galloway. Yeah. And said promotion, Scott will not name. <laughs> Unredacted is the call. But they had a really I'm good find on that stand. <laughs> <laughs> they had a really good feud as well, him and uh, Joe Hendry. Mm-hmm. It stemmed for them teaming together, and Joe Hendry basically not mentioning them enough in his custom videos is it jo- uh, Joseph Collins wanted. And then he attacked him and he turned heel and he basically got to the title with Flo Hendry. Mm. And that was a great feud as well. So it's a shame they weren't mentioning WCPW because as He mentioned it. Oh, who cares? It's the Voldemort of wrestling con. He's already they've already pushed the buttons on Colaholic enough. Why not WCPW? No, but it was good in WCPW for for what it was, WCW was pretty decent. And it's a shame they couldn't show more footage of that because it's just basically like, look, 
He's missing an ear. He's missing an ear. <laughs> what do you think his finisher that he used? Because he always could use the DDT that he used because of how it injured Galloway. Mm. I couldn't have thought of something better because it did look a bit. Yeah, it wasn't the okay. it wasn't the best one. I think he kind of realised that in night two, which we'll talk about yeah. uh, later on in the show with his actual match. Uh, talking about uh, we talked about Sam Gradwell. Uh, <laughs> the highlight of Sam Gradwell's match was not Sam Gradwell. It was the crowd's reaction to Sam Gradwell's opponent, Saxon Huxley. <laughs> Jesus, 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 <laughs> Jesus, Jesus. But no, the best one simply is, Hey Jesus, I want to know if you'll be my Lord. <laughs> Our Lord no, 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 no. The best one was after the match when he lost. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> nice to see our Lord's name is still over in 2017. Uh, it actually caused Triple H to tweet. Well, I'm that's an interesting chance. Uh, <laughs> or let's go, Jesus. Jesus sucks. Some atheists in the crowd. Let's be honest, though. Uh, wasn't the best match of the, of the last no, 16. No. The crowd you took could, over. You could tell we were kind of annoyed a wee bit as well by the crowd's reaction as well. Mm. Yeah, Michael Cole does not like does not like when the crowd go off when he goes, This crowd is amazing, they cheer who they want. It's like they'll cheer who they boo and boo who they cheer. <laughs> <laughs> and Roman will still get the same reaction. <laughs> but yeah. So something uh, first round, Mark Andrews. He I think he's a performer of the tournament for me. Yeah. Mark Andrews was good. I mean Mark Andrews probably other than Danny Bucks, I would say, had a lot of was well known to the US audience in a way. I mean obviously this was in the UK but because he was in TNA, we've been used to seeing him on the, on the national front. Uh, <laughs> rephrase that. <laughs> <laughs> we're, used to, we're used to seeing him perform and wrestle. Like the national nationally, audience. yes, not the national front. <laughs> <laughs> the views of Stevie Wilson do not reflect the views of Sarah Quacky Scott and Ross. Or the podcast. Or the podcast itself. Uh, Sarah, what do you think of his match with Dan Maloney? <laughs> Well, see, I I actually loved the match. I like I was I was a big Mark Andrews fan. Obviously, seen him in TNA, and when looking at like who could possibly get signed, like the number one person I thought would have got signed in terms of potential was Mark Andrews, because mm-hmm. he's just he is actually just the whole package. He's entertaining, he's working well in the ring, and he's extremely charismatic. I loved, I thought it was a nice touch having him do have his own music. Yeah, I thought it was a brilliant touch. Nigel McGuinness every t- every time he came out and every time since. That's the song Fall to Pieces by the band Junior. Thanks for that, Nigel. Uh, I can imagine you bopping away here. Maybe as a fan, you don't know. Have you seen Nigel react to people on, on takeover shows? Oh, yes. <laughs> that, man can, that man can be happy. He's not just the stone cold heel that he was in Ring of Honor. He's life. amazing. I'm not the biggest, sorry, Scott. I'm not the biggest fan of the Street Profits we were mentioned, but they once cut to, they once cut to Nigel McGuinness. <laughs> and Percy's trying to get me to dance and he does the best dad dance ever and Percy just looks at him and goes Aye, let's not get you to dance again <laughs> <laughs> That was a good match and like, there's a lull period of the crowd every year there's a bit of silence the audience here and him just excited chant What a match! Because <laughs> like, you can't take him out and uh, What a match! <laughs> <laughs> there's not talking about you there's a nice prelude to the, to the mm. finish though yeah, yeah, I, I think it's a nice move I thought it was interesting when they talk the references to Dad Maloney ICW was a common mention when yeah. Dan Maloney came up. How many times did they wrestle in ICW? A couple of times? They only showed of like one match. Yeah, I mentioned and it was in one of the UK tours that they were doing and stuff. So yeah, and ICW when they do go on tours down south and stuff, they do pull in quite, well, not some local, um, but obviously some talents from around England and Wales and stuff like that, and he's one of them, so he may not have been as known to the Glasgow scene as he is down south. Right. Uh, talking about ICW, we had the man who was hot 
to ICW fans at this point in time, Trent Seven. Yeah. Ross said he was many people's favourite to win the tournament. They took, this was this was an ex, the biggest case of an exhibition, I think. Mm-hmm. You can say. Yeah. Against the uh, HC Dyer, you know, well known nowadays, competing everywhere across yeah. the country. It was the, first, it was the first match. I think it was just kind of a warm up match. Get the crowd in, yeah, and they were clearly going to be behind Seven. Yeah, it was, Seven was always going to win this one. I mean, talking about matches, got the crowd going. This one, which I, I personally thought was matching the night, one of the best on paper. Jordan Devlin and Danny Butch. Yeah, it was that eight, that finish was a bit weird though the finish was weird yes the, was the finish well, go about Danny Birch kicked out did, did you hit the ref I think he kicked out but did the ref you also think Ross finish? Mitchell were on a break but you know <laughs> we don't have all day to talk about this again <laughs> they were on a break <laughs> do you do you think that the finish was improvised by the ref and potentially backstage when definitely. Danny Birch got busted yeah. open definitely I think maybe that that was maybe the finish because he got busted open he was yeah. maybe a bit dazed and forgot he was yeah. meant to he was down. meant to kick out you could tell like I, I actually sat and watched this match over and over again for that finish and you can actually see his shoulder does leave the mat before the Hand hits the floor. Oh, Jordan Devlin's reaction as well. It's just like, like um, oh, <laughs> so close, type idea, and then it's like, it's like, wait, I won. The fire felt weird during the match. The fans kind of turned on Devlin to start with. Um, He's a Finn Balor Funky Pop. Didn't say that was a bit of a I think two your head's too big for you. But <laughs> I've, I actually like Devlin. He's one of the, he's a great worker. Oh, I do love he's, him, yeah. He's, a, he's actually a really nice guy. He once apologised to me at an ICW show because he threw his tape to the ground, but to actually hit me by accident because <laughs> I was right in front row and even though the guy uh, he was getting a promo off Mickey Whiplash he still kind of turned to me and like I went sorry kind of thing and I was just like oh this only tape has a former boxer that's nothing but no he's a good guy great worker so I was just a bit surprised by it Danny Butch as well I mean Danny Butch was known obviously he was in NXT he was in the TNA bootcamp uh, obviously he was well known but he, he showed how good he actually is oh, I think the fact he was in it goes back to my point where they could have easily brought down like Noam Dar like we've got Jack Gallagher in this year's tournament so that's easily done like Drew Gulak in this year's tournament as well <laughs> that's why Dave's not here <laughs> I mean, I'm still waiting for that PowerPoint presentation to explain why he's in it I'm sure it'll be concise and don't 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 <laughs> just don't but, just, uh, we've learned our lessons that, it's good to see Danny Bucks getting the credit he deserves with NXT at the moment as well getting a nice wee run him and Tag part of his name, I can't remember. Only Lorcan. Only Lorcan. They're number one contender for the tag team title. Yeah, Stephen, get on it. Take over, which I missed because I have a holiday. I know. You're also missing Kicking Money in the, the Bank. And <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, I picked up wrong time to go on holiday. Uh, and you're sorry, supposed sorry, to be on the dream team, you're still not getting just it. Just saying, there's an NXT contributor for chair shot sitting right next to me. If someone is slacking in responsibilities, We'll, we'll, we'll think about it. We don't, we don't like Slagers in, we don't uh, like, no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the NXT shows don't come up soon. I am Queen of the Dream Team, okay? Just want to say, I've been watching since the beginning. So I that out there. So bad. Final match in the last 16. The match has been on the longest at 10 minutes 34, and it was a really good match as well. It's uh, one of the guys who's going to be in this year's tournament to discuss Tucker and Tyler Bates. Now, I've never really seen much of Tyler Bates before the tournament. I knew he was in Mustache Mountain. Mm-hmm. Uh, Laura, my girlfriend, was going to kill me that weekend because all I kept chatting was Mustache Mountain. <laughs> <laughs> and now she realises what it means. Uh, but, you know, Tyler Bate, I mean, what an exhibition. The boost he was pulling out in this one yeah. as well. I mean, there's a great. The, the crowd slowly got on Tyler Bate's side as the night went, as the oh, weekend yeah. went on. And this was is the first true example. Oh, the wave was amazing. The wave. Just like, he's just a smiley kid. He's 19, 19 year old. I was so surprised by the way the crowd got behind him. Because 
Like you said, I knew he's in like mustache man. I've seen one Tyler Bate match and it was like a six man tag. So I'd never seen him as a singles guy, but I was so impressed with him here and was not expecting the crowd to react the way they did. I love these uh, punches as a popping bang. Uh, yeah, it's, like, it's, it's like the one up and I've not seen that from him recently actually. It's been a wee while. I've not seen much from him recently. I haven't seen, I haven't seen him recently with a wee bit of a beard. It's weird to see him now where we just. He looks like a man instead of a boy. Yeah, he's got a, he's got a tattoo now and he's rushing. It looks like he, between this and Tego Chicago, he finally hit puberty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like he's got a bit of money. He's got his tattoo, he grows hair because. It's you know, not a phase, mum. This is who I am now. Like he finally came back to uni. Was it that match we found out his airplane speed, uh, spin move was yes. named uh, by British Airways, apparently? <laughs> <laughs> What was that? I didn't go to the catch. Oh, yeah, Here comes British Airways. <laughs> uh, I thought it was a nice way to end the Saturday night, I thought. Uh, you've had seven matches before it, there was a mix. This was a good solid ten minutes. Showed what Tyler could do. And obviously, I mean, if you don't know what the finish is from them, we'll, we'll tell you later. Uh, but yeah, it was a good way. It seemed the gent Sunday perfectly. You knew he was going to be a big deal in the tournament. Mm -hmm. And obviously, Tucker wasn't too shabby either. They, they, they had to outline so many times how much Tucker overcame something. But they also pointed out how many times, like throughout that tournament, the Tyler Bate was trained by Trent Seven and Pete Dunne. Yeah, it was like, ah, yeah, he's trained by Pete Dunne. Pete Dunne's like six years older than him. Right. It's, the it's, same, it's his protege. It's the same way that Shawn Michaels trained Daniel Bryan. No, Shawn Michaels took money off Daniel Bryan, did a half-ass job, and then Daniel Bryan went and trained himself. But as well, they say Chris Jericho was trained in a heart dungeon. You listen to Chris Jericho's book, and Bruce Hart showed up day one, put him in a hole, and then it was some fat guy reading for a book by Bryce Two Hart for the rest of the camp. But yeah, but look at the eight matches. It was, it was a great Saturday, and I think it got people right in the spirit to watch the Sunday. Yeah. Uh, they did a great, uh, at the end of the show, it was great that they got, at the end of the night, they got Regal out as well. Yeah. It was a great pop for him coming in. Michael Cole just in the balcony chat, chatting, and you hear Regal, but you can tell Regal's came out behind him because the crowd just goes insane. Mm. Uh, they did a good job of highlighting what uh, was coming up on Sunday and we're going to talk about in a, short, in a few minutes what happened on the Sunday so we're going to go through the quarterfinals, the semi-finals and the finals, all the matches plus the extra special match that happened on the wee treat that we got if you don't know what that is, <laughs> it's an absolute bit of belter so stay tuned for that but until then, here's what happened to close out Saturday this was Pete Dunne taking a fort in his own hands and saying he was going to win this tournament and at whatever cost, which like is clear here. Like a nine for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll see you in five minutes. So here, here's Pete Dunn. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet with the most handsome man in Scottish entertainment, the Sam Barber Experience. Relax. Someone will fulfill their destiny. Someone will become WWE. Oh my God, what the hell? Pete Dunne! Pete Dunne!
Sleep Suplex Retweet. I'm Stephen Wilson. I'm joined by Ross, Scott, Sarah, and Kwaku, and we've been talking about the WWE UK Tournament 2017. You have just heard what ended off the Saturday show, and it was Pete Dunn taking out Sam Gradwell and doing what most other people watching wanted to do for themselves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be. It just looks so out of place in that lineup of eight. <laughs> Honestly, see the photo that went out when they did the press conference. It looked like the photo. The photo shoot for the new buttons catalogue. They all had like shoes with knee socks on and long brown jackets, like no one looks unique except Wolfgang. <laughs> so yeah, we've uh, in the first half of the show we talked about the Saturday, so that was the, the last 16 round of matches, so now we're going to talk about the quarterfinals, semi-finals and finals, so if you want to join the debate, we're at Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, at Suplex Retweet. I'm not going to try and be a smart arse with it, as I'll fail again. Uh, right, so let's go to the quarterfinals, and I think it's, let's start off with Sam Gradwell, of course. Taking Yay. on, <laughs> taking on Pete Dunn, uh, Peter Dunn. <laughs> uh, let's, let's be honest with this one, uh, good bit of storyline to go straight in with this, the injury. The Gradwell, there was a, a lot of stuff that happened after the broadcast ended. All we saw was him hitting him with a forearm, I think, on the actual sh- show, but yeah. he hit the, the X-Plex as well and he threw him into the barricade. I like uh, how there was six other men on that ramp and not one of them felt the need to stop him. They all just kept, <laughs> they done the thing the referees always do if they go like that. No! No, don't do that! Don't do that! That'll stop them, not one. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, it was short, it was sweet, and I think that's how it should have been. Mercifully short. But even think that Gladwell got a, a fair bit of offence in for yes. a guy who was absolutely taken out by Pete Dunn in that one, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was your thoughts on this matter? Well, I think we all know if Sam Gladwell didn't get injured, he'd quite clearly have won this tournament. I think it's, <laughs> I think it's obvious. That, I, bet he, I bet he's got really good recently, I've not really seen the best of him. I, I, Sam, I apologise if you prove me wrong in the future. Because <laughs> Sam's obviously listening. A regular listener here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we follow him on Twitter. We need to follow him on Twitter. I don't know, is his DMs open? We can maybe ask him for it. <laughs> Sam, we've always liked you, son. I'm also a resident DM slaver. I don't think you'll think a yet. weird newborn baby. <laughs> Look, he, was awfully awfully pale. Pale. he was awfully pale. Yeah. He was awfully pale. He was awfully pale. He does have to wear. Did he even have eyebrows? No, he had literally no hair. <laughs> he had no hair, but had eyebrows. What was the most for aerodynamics for his head? What was the most? <laughs> we, we don't know, Liz. Do we? Let's be fair with this one. Sarah, did you think, did you like the finish to this one of uh, Dunn being done and targeting the back? <laughs> yes. <laughs> quite quite yes. methodically, literally. I will put you on the rope. Pushing him. Yes. With all I love Pete Dunne because he's just—he's true to himself. Obviously, he is the big bully character that can pretty much beat up anybody, mm-hmm. and that's what I love. And they stayed true to that. That he just did not give a crap about who he beat up and punched in the face. He did. He did. And it was the, a nice big finish as well. It didn't end with the bit of end. He had the end with the was it the scoop slam into the corner, mm-hmm. but at the back, you know, it was ended mercifully for Gradwell. An underwhelming finish to an underwhelming match. <laughs> well, that was the, that's the way it was designed. How dare you speak of Pete Dunne that? Mm-hmm. Comfortable squash for Pete Dunne. I think it was mm-hmm. fair to say. I think, uh, that's probably at least we'll talk about end of the four quarter final matches. I think. I'm so sorry. How long was the time limit for that one? Was it four like... minutes and fifty seconds. No, the time, time limit. I'm pretty sure it was like what? 50, no, twenty. 20 minute time limit and then I should get it done in four and a half minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Next up we had Mark Andrews and Joseph Connors. This, this is where we started getting to the next This is where we got to the good stuff. This is where we started getting to the good stuff. I'm watching it back, this is where it started to started to get hooked really on it. Uh, Ross, you talked about Andrews, you, he was your kind of standout in the tournament. Yeah, this was the best match of the tournament for me. Was it? I, I, I like uh, a big technical wrestler going up against a small high flyer. Mm-hmm. I always think it works really well. Uh, the likes of, say, like, Rey Mysterio against Eddie Guerrero, or the likes of Osprey against Galloway, they matches are far and away some of the best I've ever seen, but he had a good match with Dan Maloney, he had a good match with Connors, he's going to have a good match with Dunn, but we'll talk about it in a minute. He was the only guy to have three consistently good matches, you know, there was good matches on that for people, but he was the only guy every match was great. Yeah, he, he was consistently good. Uh, I talked about it briefly in the first half of the show, uh, Scott. Um, you talked about Joseph Connors' finish. Yeah. How he didn't use his actual finish shot. Yeah. That he used in the, the other promotion. Yeah. It was now, he had a version of it with more of a face plant than a DDT. Yeah. And the finish to this match was he could have went for that one but decided to go for the suplex instead. Mm-hmm. Andrews hit the stun dog, then hit the shoot star press on the top. But did you think? That was well done, no, do you, think yeah. it was quite, do you think it made the corners look quite stupid in defeat? Well, I think, well, Andrew McGinn did a good job pointing out, like, he maybe shouldn't, didn't finish him when he should have, because he hadn't beat, but he wanted to injure him more, because Connors kind of produce, uh, portrayed as kind of a ruthless heel, nothing mm-hmm. that kind of his guard, they wanted to inflict more damage on Andrews, and he thought he had him where he wanted him, and Andrews coming out of nowhere with that Thunder Millionaire, which is a good move that can be hit on anyone. Solid move, I think it's... Yeah. Underrated. I still love to see them hit it when he goes into 5 Live. Oh yeah. It's absolutely, it's absolutely brilliant. Uh, but did you say that? Did you, uh, Kwaku, did you think the right man went over here in Andrews? I mean, if you look at Pete Dunne, Joseph Connors on paper, you know that's a kind of that's a good match in itself. I think it's a good match, but I would rather see the the technical punching people against the high flyer. Like their semi final match. I, I I was so impressed. I was it was probably like my match my match of the night. Hmm. Yeah, it was a solid match. Uh, uh, I, 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 up to that point, my match of the night, I think it's fair to say. Sorry, I, I just realised I said Rey Mysterio, I might say Rey Mysterio cut around. I was going to correct you, but... Mm. I didn't know. Uh, Dave, Dave's not here, so we can get away with things like that. Kwaku, at this point in the tournament, we've got an Englishman going through, we've got a Welshman going through, mm-hmm. we've got a Scottishman and an Irishman. Sounds like a joke. It sounds like a, <laughs> it sounds like joke. a joke. Is there a bar they can could you, could you Could you potentially have seen them going one from each country at this point? Yes and no. <laughs> yes and no, to be frank. Right. I think, really, if you look at it realistically, the four that go through, really, apart from maybe Trent Seven, mm. it would be the four you would automatically put through if you look at it now from a point of view. Mm-hmm. Let's be honest, I mean, is there anybody there that you would swap? I, would, I wouldn't say so personally. I mean, Trent, Trent Seven Wolfgang is the one that probably would be a question in. They were the next, they were the next quarter-final match. Uh, I had Trent Seven as my pick. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I love Wolfie, mm-hmm. Scottish ISW fan. Did not expect him to go through in this one. Was anybody out there else joined me in that? Yeah. yeah. Respect. Because you see the way the brackets are laid out, it seemed me. Are you awfully loyal to Wolf? I am very loyal to Wolf. Sorry, sorry. So the way the brackets were laid out, it seemed like it was set up so that Seven and Bay, who they mentioned, had been trained. Bay had been trained by Seven, they were tag partners. It made, it made it look like it was set for them to be in the Seven, which would have been a good story, but I think it was still good to see Wolf go through because see Bay going against the bigger guy. 
and made him look even more like an underdog, but it was kind of a shock. You can tell even Wolfgang looked genuinely happy that he got to go through as far as he did. I watched I've watched a lot of Wolfgang in the past before this tournament and it came off he was obviously the world champ at that point, but he came off him and seven, I think it's fair to say, came off a underwhelming match at the Hydro. Yeah. And feeling more in the steel cage. The the finish was good because you know he took that bump through the table, but it was still a screw finish. It made, it made Trent Seven look incredibly stupid. Made him look stupid and made the champion look weak. That, that feeling more than itself was a bit. It was, it was, there was no in between, it was either a really good match or it was kind of like, well, that's the finish. Yeah, but this was a far better contest, and I think this was one of the best I'd seen Wolfgang yeah. in yes. the ring. I think he, we see him nowadays, now you can tell he looks so much more. Polish the the, the, the works helped him, but this was it helped make him, you know, I think, and it was, the match was just solid. I think. Yeah, I remember they teased the, the pile driver for the middle row. Mm -hmm. Like if this was on any other WWE show, he's like, there's not no way that's gonna happen. Because of this show they were they can maybe have more feeling like they wouldn't win the cruise weight class for an XC. There was actually a small comment of are they actually gonna hit the pile yep. driver? They also teased the uh, seven superplexing Wolfie out of the crowd. Yes. Which would probably have hurt him as much as it would have Wolfie, so they that makes no sense. A lot of people. It would have hurt a lot of people. I don't, I don't think they've done a spot like that since the Iron Man match at SMU twelve when Mike was in bed. I think it was the fact that both guys went backstage <laughs> and were like Never again. No, so Vikes has just went, aye, that was a nice spot we had there, we're not doing that again. I think it's fair to say, but was that the only one that went crazy? I'm not the only one that went crazy. No, 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 we, I think the, you seen the sign up in the balcony, we're having a party with Wolfie Wins. Aye, Wolfie's gang. So Scottish, it was, so Scottish, it was unreal when they interviewed him the night before, like, we're having a party with Wolfie Wins. Everybody will have a couple of cans on and brew, we'll be fine. I tried to say that as well, I just could not pull it off. No, I couldn't. Yeah. But, oh, we talked about him overemphasizing things. The amount of times he said he's worked in a pub, he works in he a works pub. Every, he, he knows how to batter. I like Nigel said a week ago he's working in a pub. Like it's not as if he suddenly went through working in a pub to being a wrestler and not done anything before. Like he works it as well as wrestling. Like, like, yes. Well, one day he was like a pub and suddenly WWE phoned him. They phoned the wrong guy. And suddenly he's in the room. They forgot. They forgot to add that the pub was owned by his father. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say he's a pub owner. That's like saying. Gordon Ramsay, before he got this hotel uh, job, was working in a kitchen. Like, no, he owns the restaurant. Wolfie owns the pub. <laughs> he was the world champion of ICW. Ah, he was the, the world champion at that point, so... He won, had he won the square goal at one point as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, 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 that's how he won, won. Yeah, the so, championship. And he, he, what, 20 guys he eliminated? No, I didn't eliminate. No. no. And you're, you're over-epping. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, 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 I'm sure, was there no square goal eliminated 20 guys? No. No, no, no one has ever eliminated 20 guys. Excuse me. <laughs> Pardon me for breathing. <laughs> Michael Cole back I think he came. <laughs> I think he came in quite late in the match, to be fair. Joe Coffey came in number one, and Joe Coffey lasted until the end. Yeah. Then <laughs> uh, there was a final quarter-final match, uh, Tyler Bate and Joel Devlin. Uh, I think the crowd was so divided in this one. No, not divided, they were so one-sided. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, Tyler Bay all the way for the crowd, I think, at this point in time. Tyler, gaze a wave. Tyler, Tyler, gaze a wave. Yes, <laughs> and saying that Jordan Devlin was uh, not so good than Balor. <laughs> so I don't think it's very fair. It's all because he was trained by... It's, 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 it's not the worst thing to ever be compared to They even look like each other. They actually, see if you actually did not know them, you probably actually think they were related. Well, it's like the Mason Ryan disease, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Well, me and Laura watched this the other day, and she'd never watched this tournament before, and then Jordan Devlin watches it, and goes, he looks like Finn Balor. <laughs> see, I went and bought a Finn Balor Funko Pop, and the first time they were all said, went, hey, look, you've got Jordan Devlin. 
Your head's too big for you. Your head's big. Although we went from a match where either guy would have went through one doing people would have been happy, where this one it was all solely. If Jordan Devlin had won that match, I think there would have been a riot. Well, I, I, I quite like the fact that they went with the kind of, they, they kind of used the finish from the previous match with Butch. Uh, Devlin went for the kick again, hit it, and he was kind of... Yeah. He, he, he fought the match was over, he had, the bait was holding the back of his head. I thought it was a nice bit of storytelling, how they had that continuity. That you don't really see them too much in WWE television, as much as you should these days, so I yeah. thought that was a nice wee touch. Uh, the finish kind of... In a world where we've got the RQ out of nowhere, far too many times. The finish kind of came quite promptly out of nowhere, but it was good. With the bottom bang. And uh, it real, it was, I think it was the first sign that the, the Tyler Driver 97 yeah. was kind of like... They, were, they treated this like the, like, they treated it like the F5. They treated it like it was sliced bread. I think, That's really, it was like, oh my god, it's the Tyler Driver 97! I think both he and Dunn were both like, having their finishers fairly protected, which is why they were building up to the boat and then the finals where they both had their finishers. And it was a little surprise when Bay kicked out. Mm. Yeah. Just considering how given the fact he was injured. Sorry if I'm jumping ahead. No, so I think as well, so back to uh, Wolfgang, see the way they built this. Tournament. All the all the predictions I've seen online through like blogs and other websites and all the video predictions, everyone had Trent Seven and Tyler uh, and Pete Dunne in the final, and Trent Seven winning it. Every single one, and then I think that that is really the only shock in the entire tournament, which is something I hope the days more of this year. You don't need to do a shock around, but at least you know have somebody go out of downloads you weren't expecting, and then maybe in the semis like an well, underdog. Like there are spoils of a Drew Gulak out there. Uh, like oh, sorry, sorry guys, we'll probably get it spoiled anyway because we're nowhere on that live this year. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, we, we all did talk about why it's not even live. It's a bit of a shock, I think, really. But, uh, we'll talk about it. But no, it's, it's, you look at the... You know with this, uh, before we actually talk about the matches themselves, you look at this semi-final lineup. We've got Andrews and Dunn, Bate and Wolfgang. On paper, that screams a, a, a great lineup, yeah. I think it's fair to say. Yes. Um, some of the best out there, you know. But, Definitely the right people went through in both matches. Yeah, I think Wolfie, over the two matches, did more to earn getting there than Trent Seven, I think. Mm-hmm. Looking back on it, I was surprised he did it. Well, Wolfie broke his nose. He did. As well. Really bad, Wolfie? Mm-hmm. He looked, to which they said, like, he doesn't look as confident as normal. Like, so he looks a bit shaken, he broke his nose, and you're yeah. like, well, no bloody wonder. I've been, com- I've been like, lacking confidence if I broke my nose. Well, maybe it's just natural because it's his third match in two days. Uh, no, don't forget that. The other thing that they kept up mentioning is that when you break your nose, which is true, your eyes water a lot. They my vision's saying. been compromised. <laughs> So, um, so your breathing's gumped as well. Because it hurts to breathe with your nose. Yeah. Except in terms of wrestling coming out. Uh, we'll talk about the first semi final, then we'll go with uh, Pete Dunn and Mark Andrews. Now, this was, uh, up to this point, in my opinion, the match of the night. Mm-hmm. Sarah, you mentioned you thought this was the best match. I really did, I it. What, Why did you think it was a good match or not, maybe? It's just, well, it's just more the fact it's just it's two of the, probably the best guys that you could actually pull from the UK scene right about now. Mm-hmm. Obviously, well, down south anyway, obviously we've got a whole variety of good, great guys up here, um, which we're sadly missing out. Um, but it's the more, obviously, I love Mark Andrews as a high flyer, like he was more polished and conditioned than most of the guys in the competition. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, from working his time in TNA, but Pete looked like he didn't actually need that conditioning. He looked like he was ready for it. He would probably would have been competing for like the NXT Championship if he had not already been signed. Yeah, he looks amazing about player. Every time you can see him. Every time. 
He's so good in the ring. For somebody so young as well. Mm. I know. You do forget how young he actually is. It's something I just began to brought up. He, he said, I started training in 23, and it took me three or four years to actually get it together, and another two just to be at a level where I felt I was one of the best in the world. There's people, and he was talking to AL from Instagram with Tyler Date, there are people who just get it instantly. They start young and they get it instantly. And I think, to Sarah's point, Pete Dunn did that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, well, wrestling since what, 13 I think it yeah. was? 13, like, 14, 13, 14, 14 yeah. yeah. travelling oh. Japan when he was in his late teens, you know. Yeah. Also, I don't know if they mentioned that Mark Andrews came out to the song Fall to Pieces by the band. <laughs> 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 I'm guessed uh, between this match and the final is which one was the best match because I can't really decide between the two. And this match Andrews v Dunn could have easily been the final. It was that good. It was good, I thought they. I thought they both had equal pegging. You can't assume we'd done previous matches before that. It was he came up strong. He was comfortable in a way. This was the first time he looked threatened. I think it's fair to say that while there's fanning across the table. <laughs> Andrews felt the need to change his gear from his other his match earlier in the night. Did anyone notice that? Yeah, he had the purple. Was it the purple uh, the second time? Uh, again, you're wearing the big gear from the, from your first night match, but it's still the same night. You don't need to change. Nobody else changed. Maybe, maybe get three attires done and just went, I want to show off the other. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Outfit change. Plus perspiration, it's a serious thing. <laughs> so swamp ass, that's why he changed his trunks. <laughs> <laughs> Ross, what did you think about this match? You said uh, you thought Andrew's corners were the best. I did, I did, but uh, see going into this tournament, uh, so I, I knew about uh, Trent Seven, and a lot of people were building him up. I had only seen tag matches that Pete done. I'd not seen any singles matches, I knew he was a progress champion, but I didn't really see any. Mm-hmm. I, I went back and watched matches now, and obviously the matches he's had since. But I just I wasn't into Pete Dunne, and I think that's what kind of took me away from it. And I think going back and watching it again, I just kind of get transported back to when I first watched it. Like, oh, yeah, I hated this match. Like, I, I think it was the fact that the Connors match I liked at the time, and then I went back and watched it again, and I liked it again, mm-hmm. whereas I only liked this going back and watching it this So time. you weren't a fan of Pete Dunne, I was not a fan of Pete Dunne. I was so happy Tyler Bate wins it. Honestly. Spoilers! I know, it's no, <laughs> I know it's, it's no as if it's been out for a year and a half. <laughs> Some people who are listening might have actually not watched this yeah. at all, Ross. How oh, much self-interview? What are you doing listening to this episode then? I, I do actually. To learn? I do actually know somebody that I didn't watch her on the network and said, I'm going to wait until he sleeps so please retweet tell me a year later. Oh, is that, is How that like, selfish are you? It's like, my dad knows a guy who works at Celtic or my dad knows a guy who works at Rangers. He says, this guy's signing, you talk rubbish, Quacko. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've brought sass to this. Anyway, Quacko, yeah. what, what was your thoughts on the match? I'm sorry, I've lost my tracker because of... Andrews and, Andrews and Dunn. Um, great match. One of my favourite spots from it. It's such a simple thing, but the way that Dunn does the whole elbow to the chest or the face kind of thing, I just love it. And the fact that it came from a springboard from Mark Andrews right onto it, it's just such a brilliant thing. We've seen it um, recently like in NXT when they, were, they had the six-man tag match with uh, Holy Lock and Danny Burch versus... Uh, the Undisputed Era. Mm-hmm. Um, Pete Dunne got into a little elbow fight and his one was much harder and ferocious. Um, just those little spots like that, I loved them. And just the, the clashing of style, it was just a really good match. No, it worked out perfectly. I think uh, I would have been happy if any of the two of won, but uh, Dunne winning obviously confirmed his placing as one of the favourites of the mm-hmm. match in, in the tournament. And yeah, he, he, took his, he took the first spot in the final. 
Now, the second semi-final uh, between Tyler Bate and Wolfgang, I had noted this watching the match the first time. I noted it without re-watching it back and I've obviously noted it again looking at the times here. A very, very short semi-final match. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's fair to say uh, at 5 minutes 55. Do you think this was influenced by the broken nose for both of you, or do you think this was their own plan all along? I think it was Probably, but I think it was also to make Tyler Bate look stronger, because obviously he's going against the bigger guy, he's 19 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, can't really say much else about it, it's the fact that he was, he'd, he'd hardly been around for that long, I, don't, I think he'd maybe been training for maybe about three years or something. Not that long. And the fact that Wolfie obviously was the more experienced bigger guy, I think the, the Bokemons did come to play for this, but <laughs> certainly to obviously because I was actually more surprised. Like I think that, that that's the way they were aiming for was obviously people being surprised that Tyler actually won it because I was certainly surprised that he actually won it. Well, he would surprise him won it. I know. I'd be surprised at all if Tyler didn't surprise. Oh wait a minute! I didn't know him, but I see that I see his reaction and the first night I thought he's winning it, and then I kind of had a feeling the whole night like. Gonna be him, you the crowd, it's gonna be him or done. I had a, I'm not too sure. I mean, I had discussions about this, and then they thought, like, should they have won the full thing? But uh, I had the WWE might have changed their mind midway through the tournament that he was gonna win it based well, on the crowd reaction. Is that entirely possible? Probably, because no, like, you can tell Dunn, even having the segment with Triple H backstage, or like, you can tell they wanted him to be a big thing in this UK tournament, so they would have given him the bill eventually. They just thought, let's give the crowd what they want, give them bait, and eventually we'll have uh, done take off them. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving away from bait and on the Wolf Gang, uh, Ross, you were unhappy the fact that they kept portraying Wolfie as an underdog. Yeah, they, so he's actually bigger than Tyson T-Bone. Tyson T-Bone sucker punched him. He played the underdog, even though he'd been world champion for a good bit in ICW. He then played the underdog to Trent Seven, who he beat two months prior. They were going on about all the all their knowledge about progress in ICW and showing Mark Dallas and all that. He beat him and then all of a sudden he comes out and now he's the big bad heel who gets toppled with one finisher. Like he was this underdog that kicked out of finishers and now all of a sudden it's like all the heel falls to the young upstart. Like he was a face on the middle. It, it was something that annoyed me. It's like, do you, see when you look at Wolfgang, you think, Jesus Christ, he could kill me with his bare hands. Like, you do not think he's a sympathetic baby face. He's six foot two. Maybe because he was against bait, they thought, okay, you're a heel in this match now. Well, I think it's fair to say, but we've elaborated on this before, before the show, that nearly enough all the crowds were in debate. Mm-hmm. I think it's fair to say. And they obviously took that on board. And the crowd's reaction when he won obviously shows how much a fan favourite bait was. But you think uh, they mentioned a while back that Wolfie was um, the underestimated bait. Uh, do you think that was the case, or do you think it was just a case of he's, he, the two matches before it took its toll on? If, I don't think he is. Like obviously with wrestling commentary and stuff like that, you can try and paint a different picture to what you feel but at the end of the day it's all about how you feel about it and um, I just thought you see I didn't look into the match into that depth of it like I just took it in as I saw it kind of thing uh, the way I saw it was Wolfgang Heroically was fighting through a, a broken nose still doing his power moves still doing trying high flyering type things as they say a no big man should move like that 
and I was like, thanks for uh, saying that for all those big lads out there and kind of thing. Um, so I just took as it was. Yeah, it's a considerably shorter match, but maybe, I don't know, maybe it was the whole broken nose aspect, I don't know. But in that space of time, there was still quite a good match in, in, that, well, in that opinion. I think it, the, the shock factor on it, because it went so quickly. Mm-hmm. But as we talked about the previous match, it did again help show how it, the deadly the Tyler Bate finisher was in the Tyler Driver 97. That this could this could put down anybody. They emphasise that such a big guy in Wolfgang to put him down, you know. You know, and obviously McGuinness loves proper yeah. colours as well. Yeah. Isn't he? He's right over the shoulders and everything. Yeah. Anyone else think the finish list came out of nowhere as well? Yeah. Yeah. It was a quick counter and then Wolfie's head somehow ended up with these. Yeah. And I picked him up with like little effort. You wouldn't think he was trying to get one attempt to lift him up and then he fights it. Because no, you see yeah. the difference between the two inside. Like, he did the Taylor Tate. Both guys had like 80 pounds on bait. <laughs> so he should have had like at least a bit more effort to get him up. I love that he did Taylor Tate. I thought it was quite a nice touch yeah. for all yeah. the matches. I, I know I keep complaining about both guys booking. Quite could just say about the, the broken nose and the injured knee and still trying high fly. This is a match where you should have booked him as an underdog, and you booked him as a heel. <laughs> it's the only thing in a, flaw, uh, in a flawless tournament I think that kind of annoys me was the, the booking of Wolfgang. Although, I, like, to the point earlier, I do think Tyler Bate was the guy that went out of the way. He's still got to the semi-final, so you yeah. can't really yeah. complain too much on that aspect. Uh, uh, before we talk about the final, we'll talk about the match that we got as a wee treat. Now, obviously, you couldn't have done the final straight away because the tournament would have been absolutely done, and especially because Pete Dunne appeared again and took out Tyler Bate. <laughs> Uh, so, oh, what's he like? Eh? That, that was the thing as well. Pete Dunne didn't need the title in this tournament. Tyler Bate did to establish himself. Pete Dunne made a name for himself. Like, they, they kept emphasising, go make a name for yourself. Pete Dunne, this is, a, this is another example of the title doesn't make the man. It's a simple fact that he made himself a star and he also made Tyler Bate a star by making him world champion. I love how you have to say that now, not when we talk about the fight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, the special match that we had, uh, ne- <laughs> Neville appeared. You know, it was great to see Neville. They could have had him in the tournament. Neville, oh, that, yeah, that, yeah. I barely don't have him in the tournament. That was his complaint, but then he was faced with Tommy End. Now, first surprise is, why was he called Tommy End at this point in time? Yeah. Two months later, he was Alistair Black. They also referenced the fact that not long before this, he cut a heel promo on NXT saying he was going to burn the place down. And he reappeared as a face. <laughs> I love Neville's promo. It's the, the thing British wrestlers do when they go to the US because of their accents. They slow everything right down. And that I loved that when it was in 205 Live. Just the, aye, 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 aye. Just to get attention. Like, Someone has been forgotten again. <laughs> and and Honestly, I do agree with Neville's uh, Neville's comments. He should have been in both the Cruiserweight Classic and the UK. He should have won it. He should have won both. If you're going to go King of the Cruiserweight, you go all out. You have won King of the UK. King of the UK as well. But instead, obviously, it was faced with Tommy End. Now, as a big Sumerian Death Squad fan, I was very happy to see Tommy End appear. <laughs> I was like my first reaction was I thought it wasn't going to be called Tommy End anymore, but as I said, yeah, they done that with Finn Balor and Hideo Itami. They came out as an Asuka as well. Asuka, I can't remember Asuka's Japanese. Ayakama. 
Kayama or something. Hideo Itami came out, it said Hideo Itami. It said Kenta, and then it just kind of... It changed. Dun, 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 and then the music kicks in, it's Hideo Itami, and then same. We found Valor, obviously, it was Renee with Younger, I shouldn't introduce him as Prince Ever. But when he first came out, he was actually named Finn Balor, they didn't actually create a transition, just like that, by the way, we had to say Prince Ever. He comes out, obviously, whoever's not actually familiar with him, we don't know who the hell's this guy with the Cotton and Finn It's like, who's this Prince Devitt character? No. He's right there. That should that should be what the demon character's called. Shouldn't be called the demon. Should be called Prince Devitt. Yeah, be at the KO. They never mentioned Kevin Steen. Who's this KO? Yeah. Just KO shoot off the back. It's weird how they did that with everybody, but uh, the match itself. It's a really good match. It's weird to hear him be called Tommy anymore because I'm so used to him being Alistair Black. Yeah. Ah, Tommy End. Part of the greatest tag team to ever grace ICW. Who is the other guy? Michael Dante. Michael Dante. Have we found Dante yet? No. No, we haven't found him yet. We need to find Dante. I think he's still sitting in the old trick of in your castle. Crying in the corner. I'm crying his best. I've been banished from Legion, so I'll just up the back for beer. I like this match, but at the same time, it was sort of a lose lose because you introduced Tommy End. And if you have him lose, he loses his first match. If you have Neville lose, you kill the momentum he's had going for the past six weeks as the king of the cruiserweights, where he's, he's, he was slowly building up to Rich Swan at the Rumble at this point. Mm-hmm. He was going through like the TJP and Sarah Alexander and stuff. I miss Neville. As well with this, uh, he cut a promo the night after he turned heel at Roadblock in the morning, uh, where he said, I'm not going to do the high flying moves anymore. Like, you don't deserve to see my. He started the suplexes, he started, you yeah, know, the rings of Saturn and all that. He hits the red And he hits the red arrowness. And something else that was quite good as well Tommy End hits a black mask, but it's a transitional move. Mm-hmm. Hits a black mask, Neville turns the German suplexes and he kicks out. Like, yeah. black mask in NXT, as we've seen, keeps everybody down. But it's a move in NXT. <laughs> Unless you're Lars Sullivan, you can catch it. That man can do it. They can appear just out in darkness. Oh, he's a freaking nature, anyway. <laughs> Poor man's bronchial. <laughs> <laughs> I'd agree with that one. The best description by Marvel now, a Jack Kirby illustration comes to life. <laughs> Is that the only Marvel reference you know? Marvel. I love the Marvel. <laughs> it's amazing. He's going to be, you probably commentate this to them because it's an NXT thing. No. Maybe. Which is going to be amazing. I really hope so. Him McGuinness and... Two yes. crazy, so see the Mamma Mia! Have a bet, tweet, say, how many Mamma Mia's in one tournament? <laughs> mm-hmm. Topic on Halo! <laughs> I still love the video of it uh, from the last takeover. Oh, oh there's a behind the scenes one, eh? You don't realise how many times he actually stands up. It's incredible. I, I the person's do. great in it as well, it's just like... I love... I He's love, the MVP of every takeover. I love Ronaldo, but at the same time, sometimes the pop culture references do seem kind of fixed. Do not! Oh, you're, you're, you're this place is heating up like the feud between Drake and Meek Mill. Oh, it's like a dad trying one. to talk to you about, have you heard that new rap on music? Oh, aye. This one's went down to the next, he goes, man's not hot for this crowd. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be dismoral. Oh, Ugandan knuckles might not know the way, but we all do. We're on the road to take over. Anyway, and that is why you're not in the dream team. Yeah, don't save this shot for the dream team. Yeah, so, um, yeah, great exhibition match there. Um, I'm not dissing him, I like it. I just think it's funny sometimes. Yeah, well, this, no, it's because Ross Kutcher to sleep against the dream team on a daily basis. I am like, if you've ever seen the video of Jason Jordan where he thinks he's in the shield and Roman and Seth look like him when we discuss, that's me, like, oh, I've called the NXT lads. This is the dream team, and they just walk away. Yeah, more like that type of cut angles in the shoe, and they just appear. <laughs> 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 I 
I'll fight him. Get down to his kid for the weekend. <laughs> right, let's, uh, let's talk about the final now. Now, uh, I alluded to it briefly there. Now, at the end of the semi-final match between Bay and Wolfgang, uh, Dunn came out and attacked Tyler Bates. Um, they had a bit of a backstage malfunction during the... <laughs> during oh. the oh. <laughs> during Charlie Caruso was an absolute delight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that did not go hungry. The crowd heard everything that they shouldn't have heard. Um, uh, a very loud Quatsomania yeah. uh, you're just It's like, isn't this match intense? We're going backstage to Charlie. As a, Michael, I'm standing here! There's <laughs> 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 a way! You're getting sacked underwater. Yeah. She's still there and she's still amazing. Yeah. Uh, but Tyler Fate, they said he was injured, but he was still going to compete. Do you think this was just WWE's way of making a bit more story? Building a hero. Building, the, he- building the hero in Tyler Fate. And making Dunn more of the villain by trying to take him out. Yes. And there was Copy, a- copyright marriage girl. <laughs> and there was the fact that Nigel kicked on saying, ah, now I know why I did it. Look at Pete Dodd, he always does the double hook hold and his turn suppressed down time of day when during that hold. He kept on mentioning that. Something as well that Pete Dunn does really, really well is if someone has a storyline injury going into the match, he always exploits it. Like people always like you see that wrestlers in the main roster. Oh, he's got an injured right knee, and then you see him attacking the left knee. <laughs> like, no, no, left and right. Well, Raise your eyebrows if you can't tell. I mean, like Seth Rollins forget, always forget which knee he injured. Yeah, I, and he done it here, obviously, like Quacko said to Pete Dunne. He done it in the last round with Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews rubbed his neck coming up, and then they, they built that up with like, he rubbed his neck. Do you think Pete Dunne noticed that? And then you see Pete Dunne the entire match well, yes, yes, walking like, Andrews' neck. Yes, the king of joint manipulation. Mm-hmm. Oh, the joint manipulation. Sounds like a reggae. <laughs> the king's a joint manipulation. <laughs> but, uh, go, I, I, go I, on, I, I'm sorry if I've alienated any members the of the Rastafarian community. Let's move on to a man of African descent. <laughs> Thanks very much, that was a good segue there. Thank you. Uh, did you like how before the match they made it feel even bigger? Yes. Uh, Finn Balor came out, the lights dimmed, they made this look special. Mm-hmm. And the uh, heartbeat and entrance with so it's half demon intro, uh, but then just Balor does it out. I love the golden in the face paint in the suit, like the demon got edge on <laughs> <laughs> They, yeah. could, they could cross over with NXT or something to show it back oh. up. I want my job back. <laughs> He's still going to be rematch. Yep. True that. True that. But yeah, no, it was... It was I think the whole thing, like... Uh, like, we've talked in the past about wrestling telling stories and stuff like that. It's kind of hard for it, like, when you've got a tournament where you just bring 16 people together. Although there may be a story in the background, although it may not be said, like obviously before the match of the UK Championship, there was a series of matches between Trent Seven and Wolfgang, for example, in ICW. And there was the whole thing of Trent calling out Wolfie to get the championship. But yeah, that wasn't really mentioned in, in this tournament. Instead, they kept on mentioning zero, former Zero G champion, Noah Darren, Andy Wild. <laughs> uh, so, like, although we both love Noah Darren, Andy Wild, it's not really as relevant to this tournament. Mm-hmm. So, I suppose they had to build up like, some sort of a story. It's just a shame some of the things that could have built be there to build up the story was not used and capitalized on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but this one, this, this is one of the examples where they, they utilized it quite well. They were like, these two are friends. Done train bait, you know, the, the protege. Made, the protege, they made it look like these two, you know, 
Yeah, but I taught you everything I knew. Yeah, but I taught you everything I know. The student versus the master, they said to say. But in terms of a technical contest, Sarah, 15 minutes of pure non It should have went longer. Oh, it should have went longer. It should have been much longer. Because they made a point that it's no time limit. It was like a 30 minute time limit. No, they said, how's it going to just say no time limit? I think they should fairly, I'm sure. I don't know, that last either of them. Yes. But it should have been much longer. No, but it was a. I think any time these two have been in the ring, I think you always hear the fight forever chants. Mm-hmm. I, I wish they wouldn't do those chants. What, fight forever? I don't like no. fight forever. Fight forever until we turn on it and it's case it's WWE repetitive booking. Boo! <laughs> New Japan's better. <laughs> <laughs> no one can play Ross McClough's anal- 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 analysis of the marks. <laughs> I hate Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> and if you hate Twitter too, you can follow me at one Ross McClough. <laughs> His DMs are open. <laughs> so am I. <laughs> okay. Thinking of anything else. <laughs> my one complaint was that Matt might be, as much as he did sell the injury, Bate did get a bit, in my opinion, too much offense using that arm. Like he easily did that power bomb out of the out of the triangle with a bit mm-hmm. too much ease. Oh, like yeah. he didn't look like he struggled that much doing the Superman, airplane. that's why. Yeah. So you, like, it was building an underdog and then it was making him look like Superman. Like if you're not learned from your past mistakes, if you've not seen John Cena. <laughs> yeah, that, that's very that's very true. The first time we will ever hear Tyler Bate compared to John Cena. Is when you thought you had me on this show. <laughs> what about AJ Styles? Oh, the <laughs> people compare them all the time. It's you know? uncanny. Some people think they're the same. AJ Styles watched wrestling when he was at another company for I want to be John Cena. This is the house that John Cena built. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, Alan Jones, Alan Jones. You know, to talk this, but it's hard not to compare this looking back to what they would go on to do because it is a good match. I haven't seen other matches like physically the Chicago match. It's hard not to compare the two. Yeah, looking at it at the time, you know, it was, you kind of think your big matches never usually, no, we're recording, don't do it. The big matches, obviously, they come at the end of shows and usually about three, four hours in, you're a bit tired. This one was a bit, you were about an hour and a half in, it was at a decent time. Mm-hmm. Yes. It was great, the crowd were hot, you know, it just felt like this was the, per- it, was, it was a perfect way to end a great weekend, I think, having these two go at it, and I think, the styles clashed really well. And in terms of like Chicago, it makes so makes the Chicago's better, but this kind of when you think about it, it wouldn't have been as good as it had came first. It was a kind of the foundation for what that would go on to be because they had a good match here but they were able to top it because they had this first. I don't think they anticipated that that was actually going to be as good as what it was at Chicago. I don't think they actually realised how good it was going to be. Match of the year in NXT. Of course. Match of the year, so it would have been a match of the year. Match of the decade. I think a match of the year DIY 2016. Yeah, the yeah. yeah, the DIY. Yeah, the DIY. The DIY. The DIY. The DIY. The Candice LeRae to turn on yes. Gargano. Yes! <laughs> this is the most... Yes! Uh, we will talk about that on the Dream Team show. Yeah, yes. not for their eyes. Yeah, I'll be ears. <laughs> uh, back, to the, back to this match as well. Uh, Ross, you, yes. mentioned, you, you, men- you mentioned about 10 minutes ago, and I'm going to go back into it you, in case you forgot, that Dunn didn't need to win the match, but Bate did. 
Yeah, Chicago yeah. kind of helped you paint that picture that Dunn didn't need the belt at that point in time. Yeah, Dunn was made as the heel. Tyler Bate was made as the face out of this. They did make other stars, you know, Mark Andrews, he's done pretty well too by live and Trent Seven and Wolfgang are kind of the other five that they use. But they, this, ma this tournament was Pete Dunne's tournament. You didn't have to win, you seen, even after he, uh, Tyler Bate won, you got a big long uh, scene of Pete Dunne sort of the top of the ramp, looking like, how did I lose that? Like Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. <laughs> <laughs> well, they mentioned that, sorry, the promo package for Chicago, like, Pete Dunne mentioned, like, past few months, I've had to watch him walk around that belt, which should be mine. That was his motivation yeah. going into it. In Greenock. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Rossman. Yeah, it was basically, that, a couple of, mostly earlier, just in case, uh, if you can make two stars out of a tournament, have the, I'm not saying Tyler Bates lesser, but Pete Dunne did get more made more of his minutes, as JR always says. <laughs> he didn't need the title, and you made two stars instead of one star that night. Yeah, totally, and it was the, the way the, kind of the match was going. We talked earlier on how they built both finishers to be the end of the end game type thing, and to have Tyler Bate kick out at the better mm -hmm. end. And Dunn's face as well. Yeah, and then Tyler Bate beating Dunn with the first Tyler driver. Mm -hmm. Kind of showed. Yeah, of uh, your thoughts on this, like I said earlier, it was always clear that Dunn was going to get the belt eventually, just having it because the fans were so happy that he got it on this night. Uh, I've heard some rumours that apparently Bay had some heat in WWE because he lost the title to Dunn sooner than he was meant to, because apparently he refused to do a show for WWE when he had a booking, even though the whole deal is, you come when we need you, you can do well what you want the rest of the time, he said, no, sorry, I can't, I can't lose this booking. Because I got a bit of heat backstage, we lost the belt sooner than he... I think that was, the, I think that was like, a lot of his heat stemmed from that yeah. rumour. Yeah. Which also explains why he lost it, Enzo Amore, of all people. Yeah, I think it's very well. the first round of the Cruiserweight tournament. No, that was when Enzo then was still champion. No, he lost to Enzo then, TGP. <laughs> but he, uh, I think that as well, like Scott's talking about, you come and we shout you. You know, you look at the likes of... Uh, you come around. Uh, looks at like it, uh, was it Dunn at a... Uh, what was the Royal Rumble takeover? Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Almost said San Antonio. Pete Dunne did an interview on the pod, uh, on the pre-show and then Wolfgang appealed in the crowd. They didn't do anything with him that weekend, but it was a case of we are paying you bigger money than MDL's film. You'll come and we shoot. It's why he likes ICW progress aren't having big, big, uh, big events on the, the weekends of big holes. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. But, but imagine uh, you're also actually still due Pete Duncan like the last time. When you mentioned came at ICW and then you had to go and work for WWE. We still have not got WWE booking yet. See Pete Duncan again ICW. I have absolutely amazing. Something that's, sorry, I mentioned this on a, a previous podcast. We mentioned earlier on about mostly being English and mostly being progress. I think that puts the false, the false advertising out there that progress is the better one. And actually, ICW, I believe, is better, and actually what's in ICW's favour. They only had one guy taking away from in this tournament. They only have two guys taking away from in the next tournament. Surely that works in their favour. It's like, alright, cool, we've got the better roster, and also you haven't taken half our roster, so we can still go out. Still my roster. All of the people, they chose these guys, these guys Well, don't forget, ICW was the first place to have the UK Championship defended yeah. outside of WWE. You got that much. 
Yeah, Steve was at that show, I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> I did a lot for a kind of UK indies this year because like, you see like F2A so they can put on the poster if one of these guys is on it. They can advertise it as WRE Superstar and they can bring more casual people in. And like, very strong still have used it as part of their gimmick. And yeah. their heels, like, they were called Dragon Ball. We were off on tour with the big boys. We were always referring to Uncle Paul and using the pedigree. Yeah. Right. Final thoughts on the tournament. I'm going to go around you all and ask for a, an out five, essentially, on this tournament. And if you oh, think. Whoa, 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 whoa. What are we just missing the fact that it was the first time ever historic. Yes, because we don't want United you. Kingdom champion for the first time ever in history. Yes, because we don't want you killed. <laughs> I'm doing this for your own safety. I'll go around the panel and ask for a rating out of five. <laughs> first two questions for you all. Sorry, I just worked at me. A rating out of five for the tournament. And if you think this, this year's will top it. We'll start with Kwaku. What's your thoughts? I'll give it a f- four. Mm-hmm. And I think this year will top it because they kind of have a feeling of what they're doing and stuff like that. And well, you would hope that they kind of know, okay, what didn't work and what could be done better. And it seems there's a bit more of a diversity in the com- the competitors taking part. Some big characters, some big people that do good promos. It's like Gibson. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, so, and there's a lot, a lot more well-rounded people and more styles. So that's what I think this year should be better. I'm hope I'm optimistic. Sarah. But I'm, I'm with Baker on that. I think it was probably a four. It's not perfect, mm-hmm. but it was the first time that we were actually doing it. I mean, they keep saying this year's a historic one. <laughs> Last year's was historic in first time. Now they've done it, they can move on and get over it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think this one will actually top it. I mean, you've got a lot of the guys from the last year's tournament in it, along with some new new names and obviously a couple of names. Not to also mention the fact that you've got a lot of it is like taking place over the two nights and you've got a lot of NXT talent coming in to help support this so obviously you're getting British Strong Style as well versus the Undisputed Era. Yeah, it's amazing. That's the one thing I'm looking forward to and the women's four-way match obviously you've got obviously Tony Storm, you've got Isla Dawn in there as well. It's going to be incredible. It is indeed. Uh, Scott, what was your question? I would also say a four because the main reason I go for it is it's almost flawless but I think the fact that there is some predictability in the, well, the first round matches like I had a similar problem in the Cruiserweight Classic, but I think the Cruiserweight Classic handled it a bit better. Mm-hmm. It's like you had that Gargano Champa match in the first yeah. round where you really like, how can the night one, how can only one of these guys go through? Yeah. So it's such big names. Yeah. So I took you out four, but I did. I actually do think this year could stop it because you've got more recognisable names. You've got guys like Coffee, Gibson, Banks, who, if they're really serious with this UK thing, they could be the major players and like entirely of these guys could be like. Household names, and uh, also you've got, you've got these extra matches. Like you only had one extra match here, and it was a really good match. But the fact that you've got that six-man tie, which I'm, I think could see the show on night one. Mm. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, Ross. Uh, four out of five as well. Uh, I think this year's tournament will top it because I've said before I wasn't really familiar with the UK to, uh, scene at this point, and I think 15 matches between the same variation of 16 people who you're not really sure of is a lot to take on. The fact that they're doing a first round of download and then they're doing the tournament night one, they're having NXT guys, they're, they're doing a variation. It's like, although people maybe aren't happy, like, I thought this was a UK thing, but not UK guys are appearing on NXT. They're not just a, a sideshow anymore, they're part of NXT. And the fact that these will both further these guys and further storylines in NXT and 
like at one point in casual viewers and like we were saying earlier about advertising most of WWE superstars like Trent Seven will appear at this indie show. It brings in the casual viewer and people seem to forget that when you bring in the casual viewer, it might be the first time they've seen these people. They go, oh, I like them, I'll stick about. Yeah. It leads to more exposure for these guys, so I think it will be better this year. This year, totally. Yeah, we're all in agreement on the 4 out of 5, and the, the next year's will be better. This year's will be better. I think nobody downside, as, as we said, it's not going to be live. Yeah. Oh, how dare they? It's not going to put us on a Monday and Tuesday. They don't want to overshadow Ron SmackDown. They said anything about the, uh, the download matches being made? I don't think they'll be live either. They won't be live. They'll be probably two minutes. No, it's more so are they going to be on the network in general. Like, if, they don't, if they don't even air them, that's yeah. stuff. They might put them on Facebook. They might put them on Facebook. Maybe put them on Facebook. Well, the one, sorry, the one upside, I don't mean to keep putting in, but I think the one upside to them being a week later is, well, that week you've got TakeOver, Money in the Bank. And Ron Smackdown, like there's not much else going on. Well, they should have planned it for that time then. I'm just, I'm trying to play devil's advocate. Which makes so I think what they will do with the download ones, it will be. They, they kept doing it in this one, they were showing you the previous round. Mm. This is how they got here. They'll do that, say, like. On the night. I, I, I can't even think of the brackets right now, but say, like, Man 1 comes out, oh, this is how Man 1 qualified, he beat da da da. Man 2 comes out, oh, he beat this one, you know. Yeah. And then you'll see maybe. A, a minute and a half snippet of it, and it'll, it'll be enough <clears throat> to show the casual, this is what this guy can do, he's a quick and agile high flyer, he's a powerful bruiser, something like that. So yeah, I think that's us then, that's our summary of last year's UK Championship Tournament. I think we, might, we got through all the matches and got a decent bit of analysis in there, so yeah, another successful podcast. Listen to us next week, where the man to my right, Mr. McLeod, will be in the hosting chair, and he'll be talking about the greatest ever moments in Money in the Bank, as um, well as a preview of um, the pay-per-view itself. See, see, doing it all. Doing yeah, it all. so we've got that coming up. He'll also be doing the review of Money in the Bank the week after, and our best of 2018 so far show. So if you don't like listening to Ross, we're sorry, you're going to have to listen to him for three weeks. Um, <laughs> Deal with it. Uh, so yes, that is... Hold on a minute, hold on. I don't know why you're saying damn it. You're on two of the shows because of me. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> a, victory, a victory for nepotism. <laughs> so yeah, that's what's coming up on those shows, so stay tuned to us then. Uh, if you've liked what you've listened to, then, then follow us on all our social media channels, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. But for myself, Stephen Wilson, I'd like to thank my panel, firstly Ross McLeod. Right, cheers. Uh, Scott McLeod. Thanks for having me on again. Say the grave. I'm melting. <laughs> <laughs> We're all on. And Kwaku Raji. Thank you very much. Yeah. We'll see you next week, so take care and we'll see you then. Listen, cunts, I don't care what the f- you think you're doing, whatever you think is more important with your life, you honking bag of d- tips. You know what you should be doing? You should be going online, you should be subscribing, you should be listening to the back catalogue of Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet, whatever the f*** you're doing, that's what you should be doing. I don't care if it's your mum's birthday, I don't care if she's feeling contractions, get on it right now!